Hello, GO members and listeners. My name is Isam Al-Kurghli, and this is the After Bargaining Podcast, a podcast on the ongoing bargaining between the GEO, Graduate Employees Organization, and the University of Illinois at Urbana-Champaign. I am joined with Chelsea and Carla today, the lead negotiators of the bargaining session that took place today on the 28th, 10th month of the year, 2022, a Friday. Today, the GEO came to the 16th bargaining session with a package proposal that includes articles of recognition, non-discrimination, and no strike, no lockout. During the session, we also went into sidebar and got a sense of the temperature um, and discussed some important issues. So like after every bargaining session, the bargaining team sends an email with a textual summary of the session. These podcast episodes provide more details and voice to the lead negotiators and in future episodes like today, we'll be including the voices of people who give testimonials if they're willing and able to do that. And this is meant to bring various pressing issues from the session and what members can do to fight for a better contract. And I like to always interject my usual spiel about the importance of engaging with this political moment. So we are a union that has won graduate workers for the past 20 years guaranteed tuition waivers, massive wage increases, healthcare subsidies, and much, much more. Um, These things were not given to us generously by the administration, but we have to thank the older generations for the battles they have historically won, which we are now reaping the benefits of their struggles. We are right now at another political moment that the future generation will look back at us and will judge us based on how organized we are and what wins we have garnered. Our generation, as in current graduate workers at UIUC, we have a responsibility to take action to not only change our current material reality, but to lay the groundwork for future foundational change that the future generation will enjoy as well. In simpler terms, ask yourself, What is it that you do at this moment that contributes to the improvement of the material reality of graduate workers? The least that you can do is sign a card. And like Carla always says, who will be joining us today, is that we cannot afford individual solutions to collective problems. Now, turning to the Carla and the Chelsea to discuss the bargaining session, let's start with the usual question. What happened this Friday today? Well, hello, everyone. Uh, thanks, Esam, for the shout out. And uh, thank you so much for always putting this podcast together. So we started the the session um, basically acknowledging that this week the university decided to, quote unquote, celebrate Graduate Appreciation Week. And they just basically gave us in some departments pizza, um, kudo board, felicitation, all these like superficial stuff that you can give to graduate workers. And we decided to kind of like counter that narrative of the university appreciating graduate students and graduate workers with a very powerful testimonial from Patrick Hill, who basically is one of over hundreds of graduate workers in this campus that received a late appointment letter. And he will talk about, he received an appointment letter that basically got a deduction in their pay of nearly almost $200, $300 left after he had signed um, his appointment letter. And we try to basically present how um, the university doesn't appreciate graduate workers. It actually exploits graduate workers. Uh, And the only um, people that actually appreciate graduate workers, as Patrick even said in a press release that we sent, is like the union, right? Because we support each other 
and we show up with our community to show support and solidarity. Right. And so what uh, is that the only thing that happened in a bargaining session today? Was Well, that not only that, too. Um, we started off with that. And then Chelsea would talk a little bit more about the package proposal. We presented a new proposal to the administration because we want to be very, very clear. We want to advance negotiations at every step of the game, even though the university has been very um, shown very little willingness of not presenting uh, take-it-or-leave-it proposals in a package. And we decided to present today three articles that were virtually in very much agreement with the administration, including um, uh, the recognition clause, which states who gets included in our bargaining unit, no strike, no lockout, to protect our workers whenever we do um, certain actions to uh, make sure that we res we're respected and we get our rights and benefits. And most importantly, non-discrimination, which was one of the things that when we surveyed um, over 1,000 members last fall was one of like the top priorities of our members, right? We do not want to be discriminated in the workspace. Um, and, and yeah, we will talk a little bit more about <laughs> what happened at the end of the session with um, the rest of the conversation. Right. So you two were the lead negotiators and mm -hmm. Chelsea will tell us the details of uh, those articles. So yes. Chelsea, what were those uh, the details of uh, those uh, three articles, which were uh, recognition, non-discrimination and no strike, no lockout? Yeah, of course. Uh, so as Carla stated, recognition is the article that details who exactly is in our in our bargaining unit. And bargaining unit means the group of people that our contract covers. Um, so for GEO, that's teaching assistants and graduate assistants. Um, and so for this article, we didn't present any changes in the in the session today. Um, and so we've just presented essentially um, the similar proposal from past sessions. So not, not a lot of movement there from us um, because we're essentially close to agreement on that with the admin. For no strike, no lockout, as Carla also mentioned, um, this is a clause that's in um, most, if not all, union contracts in the United States um, that basically states that um, unions cannot strike for the most part during the duration of the contract. Um, and of course, that um, clause is no longer valid when the contract expires. Uh, but something that we propose in our contract for no strike, no lockout when we first presented our proposal uh, was that the employer will not lock out uh, workers during an action. So that could be a strike, but it could also be another action. And it's really important um, because, for example, there have been cases, even in our own community historically, uh, where workers have taken action for fighting for their rights, fighting against um, the bad faith bargaining actions of, of their employers, um, fighting against employers violating mm -hmm. their rights where when they've taken those actions to protect themselves, uh, their employers actually lock them out. So, for example, won't even let them into the building uh, mm -hmm. where they work. Um, in cases like ours where we have university emails, that could mean being locked out of your email. It could mean being locked out of your Zoom account, all of that kind of stuff. Um, so for that, uh, we've uh, presented a package. There were no changes there either. That is essentially um, in agreement with the administration's proposal as well. And then the most substantial uh, article in that um, proposal was the non-discrimination article. And some of the changes that we proposed in this session for the non-discrimination article, uh, one of those was um, we included some definitions. Now, um, we started at the very beginning of contract bargaining with very extensive definitions for discrimination, harassment, and sexual harassment. And um, we've moved since then. Uh, we are making movement. Um, 
in alignment with our members' needs and interests. And so in the last uh, bargaining session, when admin presented a proposal, they presented uh, essentially a link to the campus administrative manual that defines uh, discrimination. And our argument regarding this is we shouldn't have a link in the contract to something that can change and mm -hmm. that's decided outside of the bargaining room, that's decided in the office of the chancellor. And so what we propose in this session is essentially the same definitions that are linked there. We don't have a problem with the definitions themselves, um, but we just put them in the body of the contract because we believe there's something that should be uh, negotiated over. And we also included language that if either party wants to change uh, these policies that they should bargain over those policies. That's one of the changes we presented. Another change included um, making sure that a GEO is protected in cases where um, we have events where, for example, only GEO members can attend those and GEO non-members uh, non cannot attend those. And then the last change that we made in this session is a change regarding the use of a grievance procedure and the um, university procedure for when the uh, discrimination uh, discrimination rights of graduate workers are violated. So basically, there are two different processes the university currently has in our contract that um, graduate workers can go to uh, if they feel they're being discriminated or harassed. One of those is through the university, and it's decided by the Office for Access and Equity. And the other is the grievance procedure, which is in our contract. Mm -hmm. um, as union uh, leaders, um, you know, we've seen a lot of examples where the grievance procedure is actually a lot stronger yes. than the university procedure. But unfortunately, many uh, graduate workers, um, especially new graduate workers, they just come to the university. There's all this overwhelming information. Um, they don't always know that the grievance procedure is an option for them to be able to use. And so um, they end up going through the university procedure. And um, after that, they realize it's too late uh, because our contract currently states that they can't use the grievance procedure if they've already chosen the university procedure. And so our contract provides language that um, requires the university to inform people of the grievance procedure option and gives them time to decide which option they want to choose. So you don't run into the situation where people um, don't know their rights, essentially. Um, so those are our changes. And we've retained uh, from our past proposals um, some of our protected categories, which are really, really important to members. Again, as Carla brought up, something that was a, a major issue in um, the survey that we did of graduate workers. Um, and protected categories are basically the categories um, for which the non-discrimination article applies. So those are uh, categories like race, gender, um, sexuality, that we want to make sure members are not discriminated on the basis of. And so we're proposing additional categories to those, um, those existing categories. And the ones that we're proposing are parental status, medical condition, union affiliation, and um, political beliefs. During the bargaining session, uh, we had a, a GEO member who gave a testimony as a parent um, and he believes that that's a very important issue, especially being a protected category, a parent. Could you explain either of you the importance of that uh, for parents? For example, Peter mentioned how issues like scheduling makes it very difficult for graduate workers to attend um, the university and also be workers. Like if your employer wants to design a schedule based on how it's better for you to work and that conflicts with childcare, with other important milestones that you want to be present 
as a worker, well, we won't be, that person won't be able, the worker that's also a parent won't be able to enjoy that. And we want to be very clear that the administration thinks that workers, our, our members and graduate workers don't care about these issues, right? Because these are issues that according to the administration will only affects a very, very small group of people. Uh, and we could say that it doesn't affect all of the members of our, of our bargaining unit, but it is something that reflects access and justice for us, right? We don't want um, public higher education to, G to be just for single parents, single people, or people that can afford to actually come here without a tuition waiver, right? We want to democratize, we want to make it more accessible for everyone. And we want the administration to know this is something that members really, really do want and would make the university much more equitable and much more progressive in many, many fronts. Why wouldn't the university uh, include parental status in protected categories? Right. Um, and I think one thing that uh, in the caucus uh, was mentioned after the bargaining session, one graduate said, well, yes, we are fighting for these, like this small number of graduate workers who are parents, right? And then the university says, why do you care about like these this teeny tiny minority? I'm like, okay, if it's a teeny tiny minority, it shouldn't b like kind of annoy your big budget, right? And so this is just an issue of framing. If you see them as worthless, tiny, there's no impact, then they shouldn't have any impact on your budget by just an, or the language that we incorporate in our uh, future contract. Uh, thank you for that cl clarification. So... Um, now, okay, so we gave them this counter and then we went to the sidebar. And as you know, sidebar is kind of like this behind the scene uh, conversation that we cannot disclose much information about. Uh, but then we uh, came out and I say we because I was taking notes um, and we came out. But where was kind of the general at, like, where are we at with bargaining? So if somebody like does not know uh, what's going on, just uh, give them update where we are at bargaining. So at the beginning, like last month, for example, the university told us, their proposal is too expansive, right? It has too many priorities, too many things. Well, yeah, because graduate workers are very complex. They have different responsibilities. They come from different cultural backgrounds. Like the university just wants uniformity, homogeneity in their proposal, right? And so they told us last month to narrow our priorities. And a good faith effort, we presented back in early October a proposal that included the articles that Chelsea explained and other important articles like leaves and holidays and appointment terms to try to focus the conversation on those articles and remove substantial economic um, items in that as well. Uh, and we thought today that if we were to present a proposal that were very, very close in agreement, well, the university would respond favorably to that. Uh, but unfortunately, this is a quote from the bargaining session of today, uh, which is, again, our 16th bargaining session. The administration told us they are, that they are not willing, quote, at this juncture to pull items out of the comprehensive proposal into a package to reach agreement because we still have, and this is another quote, far too much or far too many proposals. And what, what was even more outrageous uh, and this, I think, it should be something that should cause like indignation of every single teaching assistant and graduate assistant is that according also to the administration, we did not put forth, is this another quote, a compelling case to make modifications. And in many cases, the, those requests that we are making are so operationally burdensome that we wouldn't do that. So for the university, it is operationally burdensome to provide childcare subsidies 
for graduate um, workers and our parents. It is operationally burdensome to give um, overtime pay for overwork, which is an extreme huge problem for every single graduate worker on campus. It is overwhelmingly operationally burdensome to give inclusive English proficiency requirements to international students and multilingual speakers like myself in a way that's aligned to the linguistic research and science. And this basically tells us that the university is not willing to make a substantial investment in our lives, which shows complete and total disrespect. We came in to bargain on things that we have virtually agreement on, and they say, well, if, if you basically um, don't remove even more of our items, we will keep presenting you um, these take it or leave it proposals with just virtually 3% increase in wages. I and mean, we need to ask ourselves, are people willing to sacrifice all the things that we want to win just for a 4% raise and two years out of, and two years out of a five-year contract of, of healthcare? Well, I don't think that our members want to sacrifice all of these things. Yeah, it does, not, it does not seem that uh, they are even listening to us during these bargaining sessions, unfortunately. Yes. But so uh, mm -hmm. bargaining session ha happened on Friday and Rob is uh, wearing casual clothes um, and it is casual Friday, uh, Friday, apparently. So was this kind of the atmosphere just generally convivial and casual or was it just a facade of Halloween? So unfortunately, the conviviality was uh, apparently just a facade of Halloween. <laughs> it was all a costume. It was all an act. Um, because, I mean, we came as, as a bargaining team very hopeful that we could reach uh, an agreement on a very simple package proposal. I mean, we went through the things that we're asking for. I mean, these things to me are, are very reasonable. Um, mm -hmm. Their items, our members overwhelmingly support. And they are not operationally <laughs> burdensome for the administration to fulfill these these items. Um, and not only that, but um, we seem to be very close in agreement on these items with the university administration. So, yes, we were extremely uh, disappointed. I mean, the mood in, the mood in the room definitely changed um, as soon as we we heard back from the administration that they weren't willing even on this this package to try and even work to reach an agreement with us. Um, and the, the tone of the admin was also just extremely disrespectful throughout the, the bargaining session. So just to give an example, um, I was asking a question in the session about admin's cost of their proposal. So um, how much in total is their proposal going to cost? How are they calculating that? Because um, that's really important information actually for us to know to be able to cost our own proposal because there are different methodologies and different ways of how you might calculate, um, for example, a... Uh, wage increase and who that applies to. Um, we have different types of raises in our uh, contract. So that's all really important information to know. Um, and so when I had asked a question about that, um, Rob responded that um, the cost of their proposal is going to um, going to be based on where we're at in the bargaining uh, cycle. So basically what they were saying is, Right now, um, in October, um, people wouldn't get back pay for the past two months since our contract expired. So August and September, um, we wouldn't get uh, a, the meager 4% raise even that they're offering. Um, and they're trying to make the case the longer we go in bargaining, the less people are going to get um, those months of back pay. Um, and I asked a clarifying question about that. And Rob just um, very condescendingly responded, did you read our proposal? 
Um, and obviously we, we read their proposal, um, especially given their proposal was um, like, what, 10 pages? I don't know. I mean, they had a very small uh, proposal. They essentially offered almost status quo on almost the entire proposal. Um, so it was just the repeated kind of um, condescending questions. You know, they treat us like like uh, middle school students, you know, when, uh, when they're actually the ones who are acting like uh, middle school students because they don't even come prepared to bargaining sessions. They didn't come prepared to, uh, for six months um, with even a, a proposal for us. Um, and so another example of that is um, earlier in the session, um, Rob thought that he was um, <laughs> catching us on something when he, he pointed out, well, you all said um, you haven't had a contract for 73 days. Uh, but that's not true because the status quo contract is still in effect until we establish a new contract. Well, uh, how we responded was, well, yes, Rob, our, our contract has uh, has expired, and yes, the status quo contract um, still remains in effect, but we don't have a new contract that accounts for our changed conditions. I mean, all of the things that came up in the testimonials, I mean, the fact that we're in a recession, an economic downturn, mm -hmm. the fact that inflation is and has remained over 8%, um, none of those are accounted for. Um, and so it's just those types of things that really show the disrespect. In. And that with the fact that they gave us a con uh, employment contracts, meaning that with wage increases, and then they took it back from us. They said, oh, we made a mistake, right? right which is unfair labor practice. So uh, listeners, um, usually these episodes, we try to end them at 20 minute mark because we know we don't want lengthy uh, episodes because that means more editing for me and also like <laughs> more things for you to listen to. But because these episodes are uh, going into uh, are, are produced at a time where uh, the bargaining process is uh, taking a different turn. So like today, the bargaining session was meant to be two hours long and then it was extended to two hours and a half. We're going to have similar uh, 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 kind of uh, extensions of the length uh, of these uh, sessions and that would be reflected also in the length of these episodes. Um, and so at the end of this episode, uh, you will be listening to uh, two testimonials from uh, our great colleagues, Patrick and Peter. Um, and uh, we will end this episode with some uh, information about what's happening next week. Um, so as Chelsea mentioned, we're in a situation right now that it's extremely important for people to show up. Like we need to tell the administration that they are incredibly wrong when they say that members only want to talk about wages and health care. I want to be very clear. The union wants to talk about wages and health care, but under the terms that our membership wants to talk about wages and health care, which is not the very meager economic proposal at the university is giving to us, which is incredibly disrespectful. I mean, Chelsea, three point whatever, 3.6, 4% raise in this current uh, material reality? Well, no. Uh, and most importantly, this is why we really need you there at the bargaining sessions in our events. So next Thursday from 8.45 a.m. to 12.30 p.m., we will have our next bargaining session that you can attend in person at the Illini um, Union rooms 314 A and B. Again, it's very important for you to show up. Text a friend. Tell them that it's really, really, really the moment to start showing up. 
Um, we also have our general member uh, meeting that same day in the evening in person. Uh, we also have an online option on November 3rd online at noon from noon to 1.30. And in both sessions, in the in-person session, also in the evening, we will kind of like debrief what happened in the bargaining session and what we need to do to move forward. And also, um, the GEO is not only about bargaining, it's also an amazing community to make uh, lifelong friends like the person I have next to me and, and you, Assam, in front of me. And we want to celebrate that friendship and that camaraderie with a really cool Halloween party that we're going to celebrate on November 5th. And that party, uh, we want all of our GEO members to attend, but we also want our GEO members to encourage that friend that is still hesitant to sign a car because they still don't see the investment in the union. They think that, well, yeah, the dues are important, but it's an investment that you take back basically with all the things that the union has won over the last 20 years. This is your time, GEO member that's listening to us, to invite that TAGA friend to the amazing party. We'll have free drinks, free food, games. And um, since we have a very cool listener in our podcast, we will give a special shout out to whoever tries to pull up a costume of the administration and the one and only Rob. So let's see how it turns out. Thank you very much, Caroline Chelsea. And thank you listeners for tuning in. I usually ask you to share this episode, but now I ask you to make your friends sign cards. That's the most important thing that you can do in this political moment. Nothing more important. Thank you. Take care. Hi, my name is Patrick Hill. I'm a fifth year doctoral student in the Recreation, Sport and Tourism Department. And my pay was unfairly docked this semester simply because my position falls under the GEO. On July 25th, I was sent a letter by the university with the terms of my employment as a graduate worker. Same as I get before every single semester. This is your pay. This is your position as a graduate teaching assistant. The usual stuff you get. I signed it, never thought about it again, and the semester started feeling like I was going to be paid the amount I was promised when I signed my letter. Cut to seven weeks later, September 15th, I get an email saying that they had made some administrative error because that's a thing that happens, and they would not be giving me what I was promised in my signed letter. No discussion, no opportunity to dispute this, just a letter saying, we're cutting the pay we promised you, here's how much you can view how much we cut, and I have a good day. Like, you didn't just cut the pay you promised to a graduate worker in writing. They chalked it up to like they had made an oopsie. Like when you put a parlay on the Patriots beating the Bears on Monday Night Football, or you buy dairy milk instead of almond milk, and you don't tell your lactose intolerant roommate before their job interview. Now, if I had illegally cut someone's pay that they kind of depend on for their livelihood, I would be saying a lot more than just oops. But that's all I ever got. And honestly, that just about sums up the overall attitude that the university has towards us as graduate workers. Graduate workers who got this pay cut like me are now stuck picking up the pieces with a pay cut that was undeserved and unjust. All the things that we budget to pay for the year, rent, food, electricity, water, internet, gas, phone bills, childcare. Now we have to readjust for money that we are not getting right now that was promised to us. I have to work a second job this semester to make sure I can make up that difference, and that is time I now have to take away from being the best teacher I can for my students and time away from making progress towards my degree. Now you might say, oh well, you'll get it later once we finalize a contract, so it's not a big deal. That's not acceptable and that's not okay. That does none of us any good for living expenses if we need to pay them now. No, too little, too late. 
To not only be told you're cutting our pay, but cutting it in the middle of a freaking economic downturn with inflation as high as it's ever been, just plainly sends a message to all graduate workers during this grad appreciation week, air quotes, which is we don't care what happens to you and you are not worth it. But hey, here's a couple of fruit snacks we bought last year that may have expired. We appreciate you. Forget the fact that we took away part of your pay. Forget the fact that an RA in my department did not receive pay for the first two months of this dang semester. Forget that we're holding this over your head like a carrot until you agree to a new finalized contract that doesn't benefit you. Graduate workers should not have money taken from them, and we shouldn't be painted like we're groveling because we have the unmitigated gall to ask for it back. Especially not in this economic reality, and not when the university won't give us an actual living wage. So that's my testimony. Also, when the university approves Brett Bielema's head coaching salary raise from 4.3 million to probably 5 million after this season, we'll notice, and we won't forget that. <laughs>